Secret Dinosaur Cult. Secret Dinosaur Cult. Secret Dinosaur Cult. Susie Hagen of Forrest and Jodie Mitchell are dog. Have daddy issues that they go to tackle her dog. You are listening to Secret Dinosaur Cult, a comedy podcast in which we try to figure out who we are through the medium of dinosaurs. I'm Sophie Hagen, and this is Jody Mitchell. We got uh, our pal Harriet Brain to do the jingle, and right. <laughs> Sorry, um, we actually all went to university together. That's how we know Harriet. Um, yeah, we University of Edinburgh. <laughs> hate myself. Do <sighs> you say us too? We'll talk about it later. We'll do this processing first, all this trauma, and then the middle class guilt later. Um, how have you been? I've been good. I mean, I feel... So, Sophie and I were supposed to go and see The Meg together. Oh. <laughs> yeah, someone did. In my defence, you had been... In my defence... <laughs> we'll edit that out. In my defence, um, you had been a, a bit flaky... That's true. ...when it comes to answering messages. That's and true. I really wanted to see it. And then I thought... Well, if I message Jody and ask, I, will I ever get an answer? That's fair. How right? did I end up as a bad guy <laughs> <laughs> when you're the one who didn't answer my messages? <laughs> I watched the Meg, and uh, do you know what Jason Statham's accent is? No. Actually. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't figure it out. <laughs> yeah. What is it? I don't know what's happening. It was the weirdest. And I, I can't really hear accents in general, but it was more scary than the dinosaur fish. <laughs> the giant dinosaur fish? Yeah. How big was the mech? Well, <laughs> I mean, don't want to do any spoilers, but it very much depended on which scene you saw it in. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just like changed size according to what was the most appropriate. It's like, it is bigger than a thousand whales. And then it was like, but here it is in my palm. Like, it was so... <laughs> it wasn't big enough, is what I'm saying. So sometimes it was like krill. And sometimes... I don't know what that word means. Krill. It's like a tiny, tiny little, tiny, minuscule, prawny fish. Oh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. It was a bit bigger than that. But sometimes it was like, oh, this is a medium-sized shark. This one time I was trying to come up with uh, drag king names for animals. Um, Wait. I go on niche tangents in my own head. <laughs> and, uh, what do you mean? Like if, a, if an animal was a drag king? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, go on. For a whale. I was just imagining it. <laughs> for a whale, yeah. I wanted Krill I Am. <laughs> Thank you. You still haven't come up with my uh, potential drag king name. No, it's because none of them are good enough and you deserve like a really, really good one. Yeah. A really good one. Yeah. But I'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you also need to come up... Someone needs to come up with a title for my new show. I came up with a really oh, good title and it was like so good. And it just made sense. It made sense with the theme of the show and I could immediately just see the poster yeah. and I was like looking at... I went on Pinterest... 
It's like, oh, you really invested. I really in- okay. I made a Pinterest. I've never done that before. I don't, I don't see the point, but suddenly I saw the point. And then I told my friend, who just sent me back um, a poster from this year's Edinburgh of someone who had the exact same title. No. And now I'm just angry. I can't think of a better, there's no better title than that. Everyone keeps letting you down. Everyone keeps letting me down. <laughs> so yeah, that didn't, get, that didn't get the reaction I was hoping. <laughs> yeah, they should treat you better. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't bring Jody to the cinema. <laughs> It's not right. I love you, disembodied voice. <laughs> What's your name? I'm Lauren. You're Lauren. Thanks for talking. Wait, who's on my team? Team? What? Yeah. <laughs> also, um, you know, microphones directed this way. Okay? <laughs> Unless you're on my team, then you can speak. Thank you. Um, I'm sorry. Oh no, please. <laughs> I love how we were like, we can't put black tape on the Triceratops because it might alienate people, make them feel uncomfortable, seem aggressive, but we are going to shout at you. <laughs> Try to rally have, you into yeah, teams. I've threatened the audience a lot. And we've okay. only, we're only five minutes in. Yeah, but this, this podcast is about us and us processing our trauma. Yeah. So. <laughs> Do you want to talk about the first segment? I really want to talk about the first segment. Okay. Um, oh, so yeah, you're leading that one. Our first segment is called the terrible person segment. Um, it's all about us being terrible people. Are you okay, hon? I'm Jurassic, mate. You're just the worst. Try to top that bitch. Wow, you really are a terrible person. Go on, I don't even get me started. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just- so we have this section because uh, we've done some stuff mm. and um, we wanted forgiveness. Can I just point out, everyone's done stuff. Yeah. I think, it's impo- I think we, we spend a lot of time pretending that we're all very good people who would never do a bad thing. And then we just all do bad things all the time and no, I'm not projecting. <laughs> do you want to talk about what you've done? How have you been a terrible person <clears throat> historically? Historically speaking... <clears throat> this must have been about uh, a few years ago, and I was uh, doing a Danish like uh, evening talk show thing. Uh, they were talking about I was doing my show in Denmark in Copenhagen, and uh, so I went on this evening show for like you do like a three minute chat about your show. But then, as like the um, uh, the sign of the stage, they had two really big uh, cardboard photos of me like posters just like in the back instead of having like my picture on the screen just had two like cardboards uh, with my face on it and um, once we've done the interview <clears throat> it cuts to another segment of someone talking in a couch and uh, they said to me like hey if you want to like if you want the cardboard photos of you you can take them and I was like <laughs> what do I need do I need a big picture of my own face <laughs> Yes, I do. I really do. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm, I definitely want these two massive photos of me looking amazing. So I took these two cardboard, huge, and like just walked away. Right? And it wasn't until I had reached home that I kind of realized that. So this um, TV show is filmed 
like inside of like a glass buildings. You know, sometimes you can see people standing outside if there's like a famous person. So they'd cut to a person talking about something really sad, uh, <laughs> like a tragedy. Someone like, oh God, the, the boat sunk. <laughs> and then what you saw in the background was me <laughs> carrying just two pictures of myself. <laughs> And then I, I, I couldn't figure out what to do with them. Mm. Uh, so I just left them in my hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're now being used as art. <laughs> as they should be. As they should be. And I feel kind of sh- uh, guilty about that. I feel kind of shitty. Do you feel better having talked about it? Yes, but I could use uh, some forgiveness. Well, I forgive you. And now you will need to forgive Sophie. Thank you. That does feel so much better. Yeah. Uh, Jodie, what have you done that made you a terrible person? Um, <clears throat> I didn't realise that people I'd been at university with would be here. <laughs> um, I had a really, really lovely flatmate while I was at university. Um, and Are they in the room right now? (laughs) No, thankfully. (laughs) But I feel like her eyes are closer somehow. Um, She was lovely. She also um, didn't like weird stuff. And so what we decided to do in our flat is throw a giant surrealist party uh, where we decorated the entire flat with surreal things, mostly stuff we found in our junk cupboard. So we had a giant door that we called Jonesy. And we wrote, Jonesy is always watching on it. And we stuck a giant eye in the middle of it. And then we decorated it with random sentences from books of philosophy. Um, And then we took lots of glass bulbs and we stuck them to different areas of the house, including the telephone that lets you into the building. And we decorated the centerpiece of um, the big hallway that we had with um, art that was dedicated to all of our exes. So... (laughs) One thing was a a pumpkin that had a penis straw stuck into it um, that was named after my friend's ex. A beautiful piece. (laughs) Another one was uh, called Kate Number Two. It was dedicated. (laughs) It was dedicated to my ex, and it had um, tiny paper. speech bubbles coming out of the head that said things that she should have said like I won't leave you and I love you (laughs) and we didn't we didn't tell my flatmate that it was a surrealist party she thought it was just a normal party and she came home and our whole flat had been destroyed um, and was covered in things that were bizarre. And she was very, very confused. And so we felt quite bad. And we thought that we would like throw her a surprise to show her that we cared. Um, and so a couple of days later, we decorated the entire... This needs more context. <laughs> my mum did this thing where every year that I was at university, she um, sent my flat a Cliff Richard calendar. And um, <clears throat> it was the only thing we had lying about. And one of my flatmates cut out all of the cliffs. So there were like, I think it was like three years of accumulated cliff. Um, 
and stuck it all over the wall in our kitchen and we called it the cliff wall and then we turned off all of the lights and we played Oh How Happy You Have Made Me his, <clears throat> his classic Christian rock anthem over and over again until she arrived home and then we stood up and said surprise and she said I hate you <laughs> and she was alienated forever and I feel guilty now I forgive you Thank you. Thank you. Did you say we don't want to live with you? (laughs) Ish, it was bad. It was a bad thing to do. Um, I think that's all right. Are you ready for the next bit? I'm... (laughs) This is my favourite bit. Mine too. So, um, this is... Like, Harriet is very good at making jingles, but we thought, with this one, we needed to do the lyrics ourselves. <clears throat> so this uh, segment is um, it's about our dads leaving. Uh, I had one dad who left twice, and Jody has three dads who all left. So we know about this. This is the daddy hole segment. <clears throat> and I'm going to improvise a jingle. <clears throat> Who let my dad out? Mom, 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 mom. Who let my dad out? Mom, mom, mom. Who let my dad out? Society's lower expectations for men. (laughs) 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 Who let my dad out? He left on his own free will. I never want us to get rid of the improvised jingle bit. <laughs> I never want us to. <sighs> so, so how, so how did um, you try to fill your daddy hole this week? What I did was I went through all of my receipts mm-hmm. and I threw out all of the ones I didn't need anymore. And I rearranged them according to the date that I received them on. And did it work? Did he come back? No. <laughs> Sophie, how did you fill your daddy hole this week? I uh, changed my brand of ice cream. I was usually uh, a Ben and Jerry's kind of gal, mm. and uh, then I uh, changed it to Hagen Bass uh, salted caramel. Lush. And did changing your brand of ice cream work? Did your dad come back? No. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that bit. <laughs> It was my dad's birthday on Thursday. Really? Yeah. How was that? Did you? (laughs) We don't speak. Yeah. So just like a nice reminder in my calendar of like, oh, oh, oh. You were like, I don't have to buy a present. (laughs) Spend that money on ice cream. (laughs) That's when I found out. (sighs) You know what? I know that it still alienates some people, but it Mm. remains my favorite segment. Mm, absolutely. Mm. I think it's the main reason we do this. Yeah. <laughs> the rest is just filler. Secret Dinosaur Cult. Secret Dinosaur Cult. 
Hello, this is Sophie, and this is a super quick announcement. I am going on a UK tour next year in April, May and June 2019. It will be a double show. I'll be doing my uh, 2015 stand-up show Bubble Rap, which is about body image and being a teenager and a Westlife fan. I will also do a reading and a Q&A of my book Happy Fat, which is a book about why it's fucking okay to be fat. It'll be released in April, but there is already a pre-order link out there. Uh, I will be going to Cambridge, Coventry, Colchester, Colchester? Hmm. Cardiff, Manchester, Liverpool, Newcastle, Bristol, Birmingham and Leeds, and there are a few more dates to still be announced. The tickets will go on sale on Thursday, the 1st of November, through sophiehagen.com. I can't wait to see you there. Bye! Secret Dinosaur Cult! Secret Dinosaur Cult! Secret Dinosaur Cult! So it's now time for us to present the dinosaur. I know. It's time to introduce the dinosaur. Which dinosaur? The dinosaur. Yeah, but which one? The one which we project on our shoes on. Dinosaur. Um, I'm so excited about this, Jody. Yeah, I know. I'm excited to hear about your dinosaur. I'm excited to tell you about my dinosaur. Okay. This dinosaur is actually one of my favourite dinosaurs of all time. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay. So the dinosaur that I've chosen for this week, because we take turns choosing dinosaurs, I know, we're equal, um, is called Oviraptor. But it's not just called Oviraptor, it's called Oviraptor Philosoraptops. Funky. It's double up on Raptor. I know. All right. Into I know. It. I'm into it. I know it is double up on Raptor. It literally means uh, egg plunderer, lover of ceratopsians. Lover of ceratopsians. Mm-hmm. Why is it called that? I hear you ask. Very good question, Sophie. Um, so, Oviraptor was discovered in quite a weird way in 1923. The first oviraptor was found, but it was found right next to a nest of protoceratops eggs. What? <laughs> I know. Um, protoceratops is one of my least favorite dinosaurs. Yes, it's kind of like a shit triceratops. Um, uh-huh. So it's triceratops, but before more evolution had happened. So it's like triceratops, but without any of the horns. And it's kind of small... It's kind of boring. Exactly. We're not interested. Um, So let's fast forward a few years. Oviraptor has been named an egg eater because it was found next to this nest. And the person that found it was like, what makes sense? I think that Oviraptor was trying to break into the nest. I think it was trying to eat all of these eggs and have a delicious dinner for itself. Wrong. That isn't what was happening. Um, actually, it was a nest of Oviraptor's own eggs. I know. Shocking. Um, so Oviraptor is a pretty big dinosaur. It's like eight feet long. It's 75 pounds. Oviraptor's a big guy. He's got a pretty cool frill on his head. Very large, um, what do you call them? Eyes. Um, yeah, large eyes. <laughs> That's the one. Um, and it has a toothless beak, which is why they thought it was trying to break into all of the eggs, because it would make sense. It's a pretty good tool for egg breaking. Um, but actually, 
about 300 kilometers away in 1994, the year I was born. I know. You can tell that I brought my friends today. Um, they discovered an overraptor nest and they found an egg that like an overraptor had partially hatched from that had been preserved and they realized these eggs were the same as the eggs that were in what they thought was the protoceratops nest dun 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 they'd been wrong the whole time this poor overraptor was just trying to look after its own nest wasn't trying to steal eggs and for that crime it's been named a lover of ceratopsians Shocking. Um, so actually, it ate mollusks. Okay, not eggs. Mollusks. A sea egg, if you will. Um, but protoceratops has caused a lot of issues. It was found, um, like, there, there was a separate site where they found uh, a protoceratops and a raptor, like, fighting. And they'd, like, died in this deadly embrace. Um, but then they discovered that wasn't what had happened. Basically, protoceratops has really disrupted the sort of dinosaur findings to the extent that I saw in our list of dinosaurs that you had written that Overraptor was an eater of eggs. So, I mean, protoceratops I has even got to Sophie. <laughs> God, I feel so ashamed. We forgive you, Sophie. Oh, thank Aww. you. Thank you. You won't get this. <laughs> <laughs> You've been pardoned. Um, as you can imagine, the kind of infighting that's happened between paleontologists over Overraptor oh is pretty I love intense. Paleontologists. Mm. They're, they're in a way better than dinosaurs. Yeah. Because they get, they get to speak. And I don't know how much you know about paleontologists, but they're the. Like, you think. They're like these gentle, just like nerdy science people. They're so fucking angry. They're so angry. <laughs> I found an article called um, Wanna See Jurassic World? Don't go with a paleontologist. And then it's just an angry paleontologist who's like, <laughs> it didn't have hips like that. <laughs> Fuck you, Hollywood. Like, it's so good. They're so angry they are even the article that i found about overraptor on like a legit site was called overraptor wasn't an egg eater comma okay question mark <laughs> such aggression <laughs> such aggression i love them so much it's amazing we're thinking of having a ross geller corner of shame yeah yeah, yeah to put paleontologists in he is the worst he's the ross geller's the worst he's ross the worst the worst um, and actually, as we've discovered through our research, quite a good representation of what paleontologists <laughs> are like. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So sorry. So they must have been pretty angry when they realized they had misnamed. They were very the angry. Overraptor. And there's a lot of very specific anger on Overraptor's behalf about the fact that it has uh, Velociraptops as it's the sort of second part of its name. A lot of people see it as unjust that it was labelled as a lover of Ceratopsians because, of course, it wasn't. Just loves mollusks. Um, and so this made me think about enemies because of all the hatred. Yeah. Because you, it's rightful to assume that the Oviraptor mm. and the... What was the other one? Pro the protoceratops. Yeah, they would be enemies. Absolutely. Protoceratops yeah. completely fucked over the naming process for Overraptor. Yeah. 
branded branded it for life. Yeah. Or all eternity, longer than life. Yeah. Because like dinosaurs were like like thousands of years ago. They were so long ago, you guys. In fact, Oviraptor is from 75 million years ago. What? I know. Late pr- Cretaceous. That's what I'm talking about. We'll end up knowing all of these things. We'll end up being really good at dinosaur stuff. Do you think then we'll become part of the problem? Yeah. And we'll have to be put in the Ross Geller corner? My favorite thing is once this, once this gets out on iTunes, um, and like you can actually, once this becomes a like for the people listening to it right now, they, this will already have happened. The people in the room, this isn't a thing yet. <laughs> I want us to get hate mail from paleontologists mm. who are furious about what we're saying. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Do you think we should slip in incorrect information? Yes. <laughs> okay, well then, k- overwrapped loved oysters. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying that it was thousands of years ago. I think, <laughs> I think even the people who, th- who know it's a joke will still be like, it's longer. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know it's like tens of thousands of years ago. It's my favorite joke and I'll never stop doing it. I don't care. <laughs> so your topic that you want to bring to the table, inspired by the Oviraptor, mm-hmm. is enemies. Yep. I fucking love that topic. Thank you. I do too. I love talking about enemies, mm. especially because everyone has a different level of emotional intensity with their enemies and I love finding the one person that has an extreme enemy and who thinks it's like reasonable to talk about it when other people are just talking about like a little fight they've had with their friend and then there's that one person that's like I hate Dave (laughs) whoa so Sophie do you have any enemies? I have a kill list You are that person. person. Okay, great. Well, then I'm really glad. So I have like my personal enemies where it's more equal. Mm. And they're the ones where I respect, like I can respect them, maybe on a professional level, maybe even on a personal level. Mm -hmm. But we are enemies Mm. due to certain things that have happened. (laughs) Legally, I can't go into it. (laughs) But then there are like my kill list. Mm-hmm. are just people who have wronged me. So they're not worthy of the enemy list. Mm-hmm. They're just like scum. That's why it has to be a list in my phone. Because <laughs> they're so irrelevant to me that I will forget them if I don't remember their names. Mm-hmm. But I need to remember their names. Because sometimes someone will say like, oh, have you ever gigged with blah, blah? Do you know blah, blah? And I'll be like, hmm, let me check the kill. Oh, yeah, he did a horrible tweet about me. <laughs> how l- can I ask, how long is the kill list? I think it's not like precise. Like I know there are a few more because I only started recently when I realized there were too many. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there were too many. Um, I had too many enemies. Yeah. Uh, so I had to start making a list. It was during a bit. So sometimes I'm a bit loud on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my phone is just called "Ruin These People's Careers." <laughs> That'll throw them off the scent. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's eleven currently on the kill list (laughs) and I'm not including my actual enemies these are just like people whose careers Mm. I need to destroy I'm proud of you for being honest with yourself about how you feel about these people and I will never ever wrong you (laughs) in any way I just want you to know that Um, that makes it worse if you then do wrong me that's so true so true I will wrong you in a small way 
no, there's no point. <laughs> You'll put me on the call uh, list anyway. So do you, you don't strike me as the kind of person who would feel intense. Um, is it hatred? Is it competitiveness? Is it a sense of uh, injustice? Mm. What makes you uh, categorize someone as your enemy? I think it's the sense of injustice. Yes. Often born out of my own love for myself, which oh. I guess is like a weird... I think I feel wronged very easily. Does yeah. that make sense? Yes. Because I'm like, <laughs> I deserve better than this. And then I will dislike someone. Can I ask, is that because... Do you regularly give people quite a lot of slack? Because like, I find like that's because I am generally quite patient with people. Mm. I give people a lot of chances. Like even sometimes people will severely wrong me and I'll still be like, yes, but yeah. there's probably a reason. So I'm still going to keep giving them a chance. And then eventually I'll reach the point of like, no, nah, no, nah, they're just taking the piss. <laughs> they must be destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> Is and that onto the list feel? they go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that is why I feel like that. Because, and I think that's why people are always really surprised when they go on my mental enemy list, um, not to be revealed until this episode. Um, How many are there? Oh, that's a good question. There are four people that I have wished ill on. <laughs> I can see you like on a mountain, like just shaking your fist at the moon. <laughs> I will get you, Margaret. That is what it's like. Yeah. Actually, I, I should explain. So when I was younger, um, I wished ill on someone. Like I hated them so much. How young? Mm, I think I, I was 13. Okay. I was 13. And I, I really, really hated them. Uh, her name was Monique. I went to school with her. She used to get her cousin, who had been in prison, to come into school and hold people up against the wall so that she could punch them in the face. <laughs> so I mildly disliked her. Um, and I, I went home, and I remember sitting on my bed, and, uh, and I thought to myself, I wish ill on her. And I, like, <laughs> closed my eyes. It's like, I wish ill on you, Monique. I wish ill on you. Um, and then a horrible unacceptably horrible thing happened to Monique within two weeks of me doing that and I was like oh, what a weird coincidence she was completely fine um, but she was punished can I give you my kill list I have to meet them that's how it works yeah but I if can you take can... you to the comedy club that books them absolutely so every comedy club yeah <laughs> um, it's uh, just an industry joke about how people are allowed to get away with anything <laughs> But my joke was that they were so bad that they couldn't even get booked for most clubs. Whoa. They yeah. must be bad. Double this. They're oh bad. My God. Apart from one of them, he's doing really well. Oh. Don't worry. We'll all wish ill. Maybe that could be like oh a new God, segment a at new the beginning. <laughs> Where everyone gets like a little uh, doll they could put pins into. Yes. Good. Note it down. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it'll be a bit like when um, when Trump got elected and all the witches around the world jizzed into a bucket and set it on fire? That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, incredible. So much respect. Didn't, didn't work? Didn't really work. I don't know, maybe the time frame is longer. Maybe the wishing amazing. ill will happen within... <laughs> it'll happen, it'll happen. <laughs> or maybe the wishing ill uh, universe... 
or whatever made this happen. Mm. Maybe they're like, oh, we'll just make sure some allegations come out and then that'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, <laughs> fuck no. <laughs> the universe was like, well, I don't, I don't know well, what else to do. <laughs> I was pretty sure that was going to go. Don't worry, we'll re-educate the universe via this podcast. <laughs> Put the pressure on. Uh, so do you believe you have magical powers? Okay, so full disclosure, I did wish ill another three times. And every single time, something really bad happened within two weeks. Can I ask about uh, the third time mm. that you made the decision mm. to do it again? Mm. After you'd already done it twice and it had worked yeah i'm just curious about that third and maybe even particularly the fourth time mm-hmm. <laughs> when you s- did it mm-hmm. now knowing that there was a hundred percent i love the cold that look in your eyes right now you're well, like say it just say what you want to say go on bring it it's like in the in the horror films or like in the thrillers when they're like Did you? And they're like, say it. (laughs) (laughs) Did you kill her? Yes. (gasps) Cutscene. You knew it. You knew. You knew it was going to happen. I knew. I did. I mean, for the record, I fundamentally believe that I do not have magical powers. (laughs) And that that it's a complete coincidence. But I have stopped wishing ill on people. (laughs) Just in case. Um, Because it escalated every single time. Like, really significant. Yeah. It went from, like, minor road incident. (laughs) And then it escalated to um, threatened at gunpoint. And then it escalated to um, rare neurone disease. (laughs) Only affected them for a week. It's fine. And then it escalated to um, skiing accident. <laughs> and then I stopped. <laughs> I feel like from now on, if I ever get into any kind of accident, I'll be like, what did I do to Jody? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Jody, I'm sorry. I know, I mean, I, f- I didn't notice the pattern for a long time. And then I felt really guilty. And then I was like, come on, Jody, remember science. And then I felt completely fine. <laughs> Which is why we should all chill out. And not hate me. Hate them have, for what they did. Do you have an official enemy? Or are they all like uh, kind of privately, secretly someone that you just you hate? I've always had private enemies. Yeah. I think because I've always felt really uncomfortable um, putting like social pressure on. Does that make sense? Like uh, saying oh, to you like mean, a like large if everyone group everyone knew. And then you're both in the same room. Everyone will know that that's... And everyone will be really awkward about it. Yeah. With my official enemy, Mm. (laughs) when I walk into a room and she's there, I hear it like in a Western, and it goes... (laughs) And we're like staring at each other from across the room, and I'm like, you fucking... (laughs) And then like tumbleweed rolls past. (laughs) Everyone else scatters. Mm. So it's just me and her in the room. And then instead of like whipping out guns, you just whip out tiny little laptops and you write jokes about each other really quickly. <laughs> well, I write jokes. <laughs> and the last Burn. time I saw her, she showed up at, um, I did a gig with my friend Mark in 
uh, so Mike Watson, who's British, mm. <clears throat> I brought him to Denmark to do a gig with me and just some other comics. And uh, she showed up at the venue before the show, and I was like, oh, why the f- how she show she she knows she's not she shouldn't show up why is she there she's ah! and I was like pulling Mag downstairs to be like I can't believe she's here I can't believe she would do this she knows she's not allowed she says she has to freak me out and he was like oh yeah okay and I could kind of tell he didn't believe that this was a thing he was like you must be overreacting and then when we went to the dressing room where the other Danish comics were I was like she showed up and they all went what but you're enemies <laughs> <laughs> and Mark was like oh ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was a thing? I was like, yeah, it's a thing. Official enemies. I had that happen to me really recently, too, with the person, like, showing up to freak you out at a gig. What is it with people? Also, what do you think about me? Do you think that I'm going to let myself be freaked out Mm. by your pathetic... I was. I was freaked out so much. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Oh, I wanted, like, to gig to really nice people who liked me. Like, just have a nice gig where I could test out new jokes. Like, there's something in, like, when you know that someone's in the room not to support you. Yeah. Like, to specifically make you feel bad. Yeah. <sighs> you look out into the darkness, and there's, like, all darkness, and all you can see is the stage lights, and then, like, two tiny red pinpricks <laughs> of their eyes. <laughs> it's, like, lasering you from the back row. Yeah. What did you... Can you say what she did? I mean, <clears throat> I mean, some of the things she's done have been fairly public. She slacked me off on television, and not oh, not just on dick. television. Like she didn't say my name, but it was very, 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 very clear that it was me. Um, and not only that, but she was doing it on stage, in front of me, like I don't know how much a foot is, but let's say seven feet away from me. It sounds about right. Almost one oviraptor. Yeah, <laughs> she was standing one oviraptor away from me speaking to an audience of 1,200 people and the television cameras, <laughs> dis- dissing me, slacking me off. And I was like, is this happening? <clears throat> Excuse me, it sounds a lot like you're declaring war. <laughs> and then later, she, when she did the same in a podcast, and then, again, without saying my name, it was still very, very clear. And then she tweeted um, a picture of me next to a picture of her, and, they, and she said, um, just FYI, everyone, this is me and this is Sophie Hagen. Uh, so just so you know, um, stop sending her hate mail to me. Like, that's, that's a fun way of tweeting that uh, people hate me. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but then she did um, a slightly embarrassing Danish TV show. So then I, what a loser. then I retweeted it and I said, yeah, so this is me and this is her. Um, so something, something, if you want to, so this is me and this is the person who got, who did that TV show. I wanted to say who got voted out in the first round of this TV show, but I didn't. I'm not, I'm not like, I don't like having uh, non-men enemies. Mm. I feel like if I have to waste my energy on enemies, it would make sense for it to be like a cis man. Yeah. Like, they're the most worthy of my, uh, I want to say vitriol. I don't know if that's the right word. I validate what you've said. Thank you. So it annoys me when... (laughs) I'm going to say this sentence now. It annoys me when I gotta call a bitch a bitch. (laughs) 
my new character. You gotta call the bitch a bitch. When a bitch is a bitch, you gotta call the bitch a bitch. I love that they come from New York. <laughs> I get like when I get really angry. I think I'm so not used to being angry that mm. I automatically like take on another persona. Oh my god, I know. I'm so not an aggressive person, and then when I become aggressive. I have this like weird like lean in thing I do with my jaw. Like my jaw wants to take up more space. It's what, like coming a- to get you before my hand can. Like that's, that's how far away from my face it is. What like that? Like a bulldog? Yeah, like a bulldog. <laughs> it's very scary. Sometimes I go a bit Scottish. Oh yeah, I get it from my mum. She's Scottish. That's fun. I had mm. I once dated uh, an Italian woman, and when she was really really angry. <laughs> It's happened a lot. She just switched into Italian. So which is not understand. a scary language. It's just kind of sexy. Mm. He's like, bada, bada, bada. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> sure, I'll eat pasta. I don't know what you're saying. It's, it's probably a really good thing. Oh, that's another enemy I forgot. <laughs> Did you just write down your ex's name? Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> when we were talking about enemies, I was like, oh, who do I have? Now there's just... My first enemies were uh, was a, a group of women. I don't like having, but these these bitches got, had it coming. You know what I mean? Because I was twelve, thirteen, mm. um, and the I was age a, where the wishing ill begins. Uh, they did try to kill me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me just get that out there, so that you don't immediately uh, are on their side. Uh, so they were uh, me and my friends were all fans of the amazing band Westlife and um, (laughs) but these so we were like all 13, 14, 15 right the age where that's okay these women were like in their I don't know 30s or 40s but they were as obsessed with the band as we were which is fine like I'm not that bit's fine I don't like being a fan of someone doesn't hurt anyone you're not Westlife shaming I'm not Westlife fan shaming no that would be very weird for me to do because now I'm that age myself and this is kind of great (laughs) but they had a car right so they had not just had a car but they managed to make uh, an online uh, web uh, magazine so they could get a press pass so they could go and meet them so and also they had the car so they could chase them from like the hotel to the airport to the venue and back and forth where we had to get cabs we couldn't afford the cabs um, and also we couldn't get a press thing because could, people could tell we were young and also they were very aggressive so they would we would be waiting in the front of the queue for the Danish uh, concert for like three four days we'd have mm-hmm. our um, Sleeping bag, thank you. Oh. We had sleeping bag. Like, we had our Westlife dungarees, <laughs> as you do when you're a big fan. Oh God, I wish. Um, so we had like our sleeping bags, and we had like people bring us food, and we had like so we were sleeping outside for four days to get into in first in front of the queue, while these women would uh, just like try and barge in in front of us without having slept outside. So they were just like we hated them, we hated them, and we could just like when. Like, when we saw them, we knew that that's where Westside would be. So they also hated seeing us. They're like, oh, fuck, now we don't get them alone. And it uh, culminated when uh, me and my friend, we, so we were at, 
I was about to say, this is a fun thing that happened in my head. I was about to say the name of the hotel where Wesley was staying in Copenhagen. And then another part of my brain went, don't tell them. <laughs> As if you're all like, <laughs> they broke up, what, 15 years ago. And I was like, protect your information. <laughs> So we're waiting outside the Hotel Phoenix in Copenhagen. We're waiting for them because we knew they'd slept there. And then they were coming out. Uh, and this group of, um, uh, we called them the Rolls because of their car, these women. So they had a car, so they were rolling. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> so the Rolls were standing outside of the hotel as well, with, and me and my friend were as well. So Wessa came out. We did our thing, got our pictures taken and the autographs. And then they got in their car. So me and Sarah, we got in a cab. Mm -hmm. And we were like, follow that car. So we, we were following Westlife, and so were the roles. So it was like a weird little car chase thing happening. And our cab driver was amazing. He was just like, yes. <laughs> this is why I got into cab driving. <laughs> and we didn't know where Westlife were going. They weren't headed for the airport, so we couldn't really figure out where they were going on like a normal night, right? <laughs> so they were, we were chasing them, and they were in two cars uh, with like mm -hmm. black windows. Um, and then we reached a tiny bridge and the rolls started trying to push us off the bridge <gasps> and the cab driver was like, uh, what the fuck? And we, I was like, well, I, I don't know what's happening. Like, that's not okay. So the cab driver, who's so fucking cool, um, he's managed to get in between the two cars that Westlife were driving in so that the rolls wouldn't risk, you know, harming Westlife. <laughs> I just didn't think that this story would escalate in this way. I know, it sounds like, it sounds, anyway, so we reached the destination, a very a secret, uh, isolated restaurant, because <laughs> they wanted to be alone. <laughs> so cute. Um, but their bodyguards had seen all of this happen, so yeah. they were like furious. They were like, they fucking risked people's lives here, that's not okay. So they went out of the vans and like pulled the rolls away and were like shouting at them being like, that's not fucking okay. Whilst we were being left alone with Westlife. <gasps> Thank you. Thank you. I have needed that applause for 19 years. <laughs> I can't do maths. 15 years. That is an incredible level of dedication to have shown to Westlife. Thank you. Do you want to try and get them as guests on the podcast? Oh, mate, like, don't... Oh, God. You have no idea how much I've tried to get Westlife on various <laughs> podcasts. And it's just not happening. I did a whole show. I've mentioned them in two full shows, right? Can mm -hmm. I just say, and this is not... She's not my enemy, but a part of me makes this... So Rose Matafeo did one show where she mentioned what some... What's, what's he from? Some band... Oh, yeah. Uh, but oh. Franz Ferdinand, yeah. I think, the lead singer of that, he came to like her last show in Edinburgh. Yeah, now the Brian yeah. <laughs> has known about my show, shows <laughs> for three and a half years. <laughs> He's not been to a single one. I'm really sorry. So they're probably not going to be guests on this fucking puck. Sorry. <laughs> Unless maybe everyone should tweet at uh, Brian McFadden, that's with an I, um, at Kian Egan, uh, at Mark Feely. See, <laughs> when I, I mean, Nikki is cool. He's very sweet. Are you saying He's that you would, would you turn down Nikki if you I'm tried to come on the show? No, I'm saying I've tried and now he's scared of me. Didn't Brian ask you to stop asking your fans? Listen, this is. <laughs> we don't need to go into the details about which restraining orders have. Like, that's not important. 
He didn't ask me to stop asking people to tweet. He just mentioned that they did it a lot. <laughs> and then I was like, please stop tweeting Brian because I really want him to come see my show. Mm. And then people stopped tweeting Brian and then he didn't come to see my show. So now people need to start tweeting Brian again. Um, sorry? I think the problem with that is um, that this is not an American high school film. <laughs> no, I think the actual problem is I, I couldn't physically make myself uninvite Brian to anything. <laughs> Despite... Um, did you see that when Brian McFadden uh, lost his mind on Twitter? Sophie, I don't pay any <laughs> attention. This is so good. I don't like, pay attention to was in the any the man, he let was, alone Westline. <laughs> he was obviously drunk or s- something else. Uh, and then he went on Twitter and some woman had, I don't even know, if she, I don't even think she tagged him. I think she just wrote to her friend, like a tweet to her friend saying, because uh, he'd been on like a TV show called The Jump or something, and yeah. then she tweeted to her friend saying something like, "Oh yeah, he jumped and fell uh, as fast as his career has gone," or something like, well, something like critical. And then he got back at her saying, <laughs> "Sorry, this is not funny. It's very aggressive." <laughs> something like, called her a cunt. And then he, oh no, it gets worse. And then he said, I'm going to strangle you with my, like the uh, wire to my computer my, mouse. Oh my God. And this was like, mouse. this century. Like, do you still have a computer my, mouse with a wire? Yeah, Brian. <laughs> wow. And then they just dis- those tweets just disappeared suddenly. Mm. And then we didn't hear from Brian for a few weeks. <laughs> but you know, uh, Brian, if you're listening, um, <laughs> you're very welcome to be a guest and defend your choices of technology. <laughs> what I'm saying is, I think I'm a lot of uh, Westlife members' uh, enemy. I think so they all wish the that I didn't have a public uh, platform to speak from. I listened to this whole anecdote about how you were almost killed by the roles, and I was so focused on how horrible the roles were that I forgot how weird it is that you chased Westlife. <laughs> In a <laughs> Let's not talk about Westlife all night. Um, <laughs> they, were my, they were my first, um, my first enemies. Well, thank you for telling me about them. So you have enemies. I, have enemies. <laughs> I think I get like, especially if I've been nice to someone, mm. and then they turn around, I get really. I want to say the word, indic. Indignant. Indignant. Mm. Does that mean what I think it does? Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Like, it makes sense. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. They get indignant. I'll edit all of that. When someone's, <laughs> I'm gonna make that sound like I know that word. <laughs> it's like if I've been very nice to someone, uh, and then they are mean to me, then I feel very indignant. Um, that, if you don't know that word, you can look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that I met there was a young. There's a young girl at a party, and I talked to her. I think she must have been like 18. And I talked to her because I was like, oh, she's, you know, she's very young, and everyone here is quite, um, they're like a lot older than her, and she seems kind of frail. Like, I think I could sense some of my own, like, teenage insecurity in her. So I was like, right, I'll talk to this girl and just make sure she's okay. Mm. And I was talking to her, and really trying to be, like, super understanding and, like, oh, do you know how to get home? And, and she had a bit of an attitude, and I was like, that's fine, she's a teenager. And then, like four of us were just kind of talking. She was part of that group. And I said, as a joke to someone, something about horoscopes. I was just like, 
jokingly saying, oh, you're such a Scorpio or something, as part of a joke. And then she went, <laughs> horoscopes, how old are you? And I was like, all right, bitch. <laughs> I still think about that once a week. Classic. <laughs> I'm so angry about that. I was being so nice. It's a classic Leo thing to do, to just... Am I right? I am. What a dick. I, I think I have the same thing where when I've been very nice to people and they're incredibly rude, I'm so much more angry than I would have been if I hadn't made the effort. And because I forgive people so much, I think I also have that thing where people are really shocked when they do become my enemy because they've had so many chances up until that point and then they don't understand that they're now my enemy. This makes me so excited. I love the idea of like, oh, they thought they could walk all over you. <laughs> but what they don't realize is I've attached an arbitrary linguistical label to them and they're now my enemy and they'll have to deal with that when they realize. <laughs> I want to ask you the final question. Do you hold grudges then? Like, can your enemies ever become an enemy? <laughs> if you don't know what that means, you can look at it <laughs> on my blog. I have just last week been sent a message on Facebook by someone that I've had a grudge against for seven years. <gasps> Wow. I know. And? Well, I'm thinking of maybe forgiving her because she may have changed. You know this person. <laughs> um, it's the whole audience, your friends. It's all my friends. It's an intervention. Actually, Sophie, I know this is weird for you, but people are here for me. Um, <laughs> um, How does that feel? Wouldn't it be so much fun if we became enemies <laughs> in it? this particular episode? Imagine if it turned out that you were the person that had messaged. <laughs> you said you weren't going to bring it up. <laughs> um, this person is someone that I've hated for like a really, not hated, but disliked for a really long time because she told me that people on benefits should be left in the street to starve. <laughs> which is a personal barrier to friendship for me because it's so bad. Um, yeah, she told me this, um, knowing full well that my family were on benefits. And when I pointed this out, she was like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah I know. Sometimes you got to call a bitch, a bitch. <laughs> That's now a when new did, segment. When did this... <laughs> Why is our podcast a sitcom from the 90s? <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> no, I'm into it. It should be a segment. It should absolutely be a segment. I think Harriet would love to do that jingle. <laughs> She'd be so good. At, okay, contact Harriet. <laughs> Write it down. Um, yeah, I wow, don't know. So you might, did she in the email or in the message say... Remember that thing I said? I'm sorry for saying it. I think she's forgotten that she said it. And I, oh. uh, she sent me a message being like, oh, nice things. I'm like, should I rem I'm going to remind her. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah, make her grovel. Just like people have to for money from the state. Yeah. Yeah.
listen to you, you little bunch of liberals. <laughs> <laughs> the, my, um, the, I don't. My a lot of my enemies are basically every single family member on my dad's side. <laughs> mm. And I, uh, I was talking to my sister. I was like, "Have you heard from, have you heard from them in a while?" And she was like, "Oh no, actually." And we're like, "Oh, that's weird." And then we thought back to the last time we saw them, and um, so my they're very uh, kind of left uh, right wing, not mm, like very liberal, but in like it's um, like a capitalist sense of the word every man for himself kind of thing. And they're all like working in the police, so they're that kind of fascist mm-hmm. as well. And, um, <laughs> and we went to their, well, we went to like a Christmas thing f- with them. And this was <laughs> a few weeks after I'd been put on the activist register <laughs> in Denmark. And my uncle is quite high up in the police, so he, he knew. Uh, that was a thing. He <sighs> can sense for, goodness. Yeah, I trespassed mm-hmm. and offended an officer. So he wasn't happy with that. But... Uh, they had a, they have a son, and I think at this point he must have been like eight or nine. And uh, me and my sister were talking to him in the hallway, and he was like, "I want to be in the military, and I want to shoot bad guys." And then me and my sister were like, "Oh, okay, well let's go through this. So who are you gonna shoot?" And then he was like, "Oh, you know the people in the war." And we were like, "Well, do you, do you think these are all bad people, or do you think like in war, like maybe innocent people also get?" And can I just explain the concept of like war mm. and the concept of like power and like police monopoly and violence monopoly and like all these things? And this little kid was just like, "So, in war, do you sometimes have to hurt good people?" And I was like, "Yes, yeah, so this is what you do in war." And he was like, well, "Maybe I don't want to be a soldier." And we were like, "Good on you!" And then we've not spoken to that side of the family since. <laughs> But me and my sister were like, yeah, that's okay. No, that's fine. I'll take that. I love that you went through the whole process because when I was confronted by like a slightly uh, bad opinion that one of my cousins had been passed from a terrible sexist in the family, um, I like was really tired and I couldn't be bothered to deal with it properly. So when he came to me and was like, oh, Jody, they're from Birmingham. Um, <laughs> Jody, I don't want to play with my sister because I want to play football and girls aren't good at football and I, I was just like oh no girls have magic feet and <laughs> they're actually incredibly good at football and you'll never be as good as them because you can't you can't be because you're a boy and he was like oh so girls are really good at football and I was like yes that's the lesson we've learned he was like oh okay then <laughs> I felt terrible terrible that I just lied to him but then I realised that had is what had happened already. So I was just sort of <laughs> balancing it. That's amazing. Do you think I, it's okay to hate people? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Because, <laughs> you know what I always say? Mm. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes, Joey. Yeah. Just gotta call a bitch a bitch. Amen. <laughs> um, let's move um, on. Would you like to read, now that we've learned an important moral lesson as a group, <laughs> would you like to read the bedtime story? I would love to read the bedtime story. Uh, this segment of the podcast is a tribute. Uh, we in no way make fun of it. We don't laugh at it. We laugh with it. Because it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Now, 
when we started doing this podcast, we learned very quickly uh, from a Google search that we don't need to explain that there are people out there who are incredibly turned on by dinosaurs. <laughs> there is a whole subcategory of erotica which is about dinosaurs <laughs> having sex with humans. And it's a huge category on Amazon. It is beautiful. <laughs> and we want to read you some of it um, in each episode. Now, in this one, um, I couldn't find... Now, I read all of this. <laughs> and I couldn't find an appropriate um, segment. Mm. So I'll, I'll start by... So this one is called... I'm going to try and uh, pronounce this word. This is called done by the Deinonychus, right? Deinonychus, I believe, is basically the name of the what you what we've seen in Jurassic Park being the Velociraptor. So that's actually, I believe, a Deinonychus. Okay. So this is called done by the Deinonychus, and it's by Ver Verity Vixen. Okay. Mm, great. I'll name. just I'll uh, read you the blurb and then I'll explain. So this is the, the thing is, this is book three. Okay, so I know we should have done the first and the second, but that just didn't happen because this is good enough. You can still follow it, even if you haven't read the first and the second, uh, because uh, they sum up the first two in the first sentence. Pumped by a pterodactyl and pounded by a plesiosaurus. That's the first two books, I imagine. 27-year-old champion rock climber, Diana... Donaldson has gotten way more dinosaur than she bargained for <laughs> in Dino Valley. When she returns to headquarters, she finds the handsome Professor Tomlin waiting and ready for her. But something else is also ready for her in Dino Valley. A group of very curious Deinonychuses who intend to initiate her into the pack. Can Diana handle four dinosaurs at the same time? This book features dinosaur love and is intended for mature audiences. It is part of a three-book uh, three series. Author's note, if you're looking for a book with a deep backstory and strong world-building, this probably isn't the book for you. <laughs> <laughs> However, if you want to read about a spunky girl meeting every which way, meeting every which way with an array of reptilian beasts, you've come to the right place. <laughs> So I read this, and, and the, the kind of it's very interesting. So the storyline is that her job is to go out and have sex with the dinosaurs <laughs> in order to steal their eggs for science, right? So in this one, she's been out there. She's fucked the Deinonychus, mm. uh, and she's taken the eggs. And then uh, this professor, uh, Tom, Professor Tomlin, is this really hot guy. Wait, so she's taken the eggs? Yeah. So... It's lesbian erotica. No. Okay, cool. Are you saying that fathers can't look after their own ex? Oh, absolutely not. I just know that it's less common in dinosaur culture. But listen, if we get into the actual facts, um, we're going to have to bring up that yeah, you're most right. dinosaurs Why am I? Yeah. don't have a penises. That's true. They have those... They, they have, have the, the, two, the two... I forget the name, but there's two holes that kind of go together. Yeah. The, yeah. Like two straws that just... Yeah, just... Yeah. That is what it's amazing. Yeah, but we don't want to spoil. So let's also um, uh, humans and dinosaurs didn't live at the same time. But that's a whole other. Um, and it's so. I mean, oh, Chris, 
Christian science is just too much it's for just Sophie to handle. She refuses sexier. to accept. It's that. sexier. Yeah. So, so she steals the eggs and then she comes back uh, and then he like examines, he's really hot, uh, like he thinks it's really hot that she's fucked this Deinonychus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he then fucks her. Um, like she wants to. So they have sex, which is um, uh, weird. Like human sex in a dinosaur porn. What's, <laughs> what did I come here for? Not that. <laughs> and then... Uh, so then he takes her into this room and he's like, right, are you ready to do a bigger dinosaur? Because you're really good at you can get more money if you do like a huge dinosaur. <laughs> and she's like, um, yeah, I could use the money. So they're discussing this and then suddenly there's like an alarm. Like, and they're like, oh my God, there's four Deinonychus. And they're like coming in to this uh, area and they're breaking down the walls. What do they want? I'm sorry, I'm laughing because when you said suddenly there's a, in my head I saw a mental image of a Deinonychus trying to knock on a door with, uh, with tiny claws. <laughs> but please, please continue, I'm sorry. Uh, these aren't polite. They're breaking down the fucking fence, right? So they're all like, what do they want? What do they want? We know what they want. And then he's like, right, they're going to, do bad things to you, mm. so we need to. So what they do to make her fuck the dinosaurs is they give her some dinosaur pheromone. So they're gonna. So, they, so he starts like putting pheromone on her. Mm-hmm. He's like, "This is gonna be a hell of a ride. So you better like show them that <laughs> you, <laughs> you want. S- you smell nice." Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, and then they come in and they find her, and then this professor's hiding in a cupboard watching these four dinosaurs have sex with her, and she's super into it. Like she's super super into it, uh, and then they just like leave. Sweet. And that's, that's it. So let's go through some of the Amazon reviews. <laughs> Tammy, five out of five stars. Wow. It's a high school. I absolutely love this book. This is so erotic. I give this book an A++ for such creativity. It's a major turn on. Keep up the great writing. This would make a wild movie. <laughs> But there are very few movies about this genre. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, and then the only other one was a three out of five uh, mm. with the title, She Did What? <laughs> <laughs> and um, this reviewer is, um, well, indignant. <laughs> I'm glad none of this happened in Jurassic Park. <laughs> This, this story is funny and creative, but the main character is a straight-up freak. Yeah. I really wish we'd caught that in a microphone. Someone said uh, it's probably written by a paleontologist. <laughs> I think a paleontologist would be like, well, actually, dinosaurs don't have pain. Well, actually, a pa- you know what a paleontologist would say? Oh, so was it a woman, the Lassoraptor? Because the eggs, the thing you said. <laughs> I'm dissing you by calling you a paleontologist. How dare you call me a paleontologist when you know that I am a mere paleontology enthusiast. <laughs> right, do you want to um, include them into our circle? Yeah, so you've attended a cult meeting now. Thank you for coming. Yeah. You've been joyous. Um, which means that you now get to learn about the secret cult greeting. Um, so the way this works is that whenever you see me or Sophie just wandering around, you have to greet us using the 
official greeting. And the reason this happened is that Sophie got interviewed about dinosaurs and she did a real great job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, all the other comedians, when asked what their favorite dinosaur is, uh, were able to use a name. But Sophie, as the incredible performer that she is, um, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> so it was uh, like Nish Kuma saying a triceratops, and someone else clever saying the blah, 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 and then me going, <laughs> <laughs> and then back to another clever person saying. <laughs> It's one of the most adorable clips I've ever seen on the internet. <laughs> Definitely look it up. So if you see me or Sophie wandering around, then you can come up to us and go... Yeah. Um, and in response, because we have our side of the greeting too, so that it's, you know, we're so getting you know, involved. and yeah. yeah. So you kind of know that we accept your greeting. We yeah. then answer. Um, we'll be like, whoa, what, what the, the fuck, fuck is that? What the fuck is happening? Oh my God, that is so weird. That? Do you, you know that, that person? Can you call the police? Oh this my is God. horrible. What the fuck was that about? Jesus Christ. Yeah, so. And that's how you'll know. And that's how you'll know. And this has happened. Um, it has happened several times now. <laughs> so good. Thank you. You can follow us on Twitter at Secret Dino Cult, on Instagram and Facebook as Secret Dinosaur Cult. Sign up for our newsletter on secretdinosaurcult.com, where you can also find tickets for our future live cult meetings, and you can give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Secret Dinosaur Cult is a Dying Alone limited production produced by Justine Hughes, jingled by Harriet Brain, and artwork by Gavin Smart. This podcast was recorded at the Phoenix Artists Club. 